What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Shield. It's an organization that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, SHIELD, the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by Director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. SHIELD's activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. What is it that comes after a dual-barreled, 10-score episode set inside the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu Streaming? to provide satisfaction to a fan base that thirsts for even more powerfully paced, action-packed, story-driven magnificence. Well, it all starts with a flashback, a detailing of what happened to the other half of the team while we watched, you know, the other half of the team inside the previous episode, and then they start painting an even more exciting diving board of awesome episode that propels us into next week's episode. Have we now just shared everything there is to know about this episode and don't need to bother with a full review of it? Of course not. It's time for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. This time, Season 7, Episode 8... After, before. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some super quick housekeeping. Things are cooking again inside of Marvel HQ. For those that have been paying attention at all as we record this podcast in the dreadly hot summer of July 2020, COVID is still a prolific influence inside of a lot of the United States and really the world. But news from Marvel... Marvel HQ has now and has been operating behind the scenes remotely and in a distance capacity over the course of the last several months to continue propelling the plans and property placement for the next set of Marvel goodies. And so the details have started leaking out in particular about a whole bunch of stuff that's happening over on Disney+. One of the big ones, I had not actually seen the final costume for Falcon yet. Looking pretty cool. Hmm. The other things that are eking around are the introduction of the actual word adamantium inside of the new Marvel Universe and how that's all going to spin through and find itself. Yeah. I'm super curious how they're going to meld it all together. And as much as there might be that little detractor voice in the back of my head, what else did we hate that Marvel's done with maybe the exception of a couple of Spider-Man elements? And even those are kind of forgivable because yeah. you place them in the world of the MCU. Right. Uh, me being a a devoted yeah, X-Men sure. yeah. fan, this is the thing that worries me the most. Mm-hmm. Because 
I don't see how you can introduce a whole species, not 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 to mention the characters associated with that species, after ten years, ten plus years of movies, to where they haven't had this long, rich history woven inside of this universe. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is that uh, back in the early two thousands, when films, the Marvel films, even though they were owned by, you know, different companies, specifically the X-Men films and Spider-Man got so popular that Marvel actually produced a new line of comics mm -hmm. called the Ultimate Universe, where it was literally, okay, we're taking all of our favorite characters and introducing them now, today. So it was Peter Parker of today, if he was a teenager in high school and got bit by not a radioactive spider, but a genetically modified spider. Mm -hmm. And the X-Men, there were mutants as well, but of course, you know, feared and hated. The weird thing about mutants in the Ultimate Universe, they were man-made. You know, later on down the line, once they start telling stories, you find out that mutants were actually, they've only been around for about, oh, 80 years maybe, maybe 60. They, they were an offshoot of the super soldier serum. Right. I can possibly see Marvel doing something like that mm -hmm. to where mutants are something new-ish. And since Inhumans haven't really been talked about at all in the film universe, even though the shows are supposed to be connected to the films, I could see them probably taking that route and, and just getting rid of Inhumans completely. I mean, this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might be the end of the Inhumans, where the Marvel, whatever you want to call it, is concerned. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see, but I'm also a little, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant too, because yeah. I, I want to like it, but I, I, I'm also, I'm pig-headed when it comes to my, my adaptation. Sure, I, I totally get it. And if nothing else, this has been the year of unexpected change mm -hmm. and ironically adaptation which is what every mutant has to deal with regardless of when they discover their powers or whatever situation that they've been put into thrust into so i i, I think it's going to be very interesting and again we have 10 plus years now to look back on how they have absolutely knocked our socks off at almost every turn yeah um, including the ones that were completely unexpected there, there are so many things that marvel has done uh, seemingly out of the blue and has not only rung true but turned it into the corn combines of cash that you and I review inside of other perspective reviews inside of our our lines of uh, feature film and and television reviews and man there's just there's so much to latch on to that's going to happen here in the next several years I can't wait to get to all of it and have all of you follow us as we jump into whatever the new adventures are after we get done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, because, on ABC you know, and Hulu streaming. you still want us to be around. You still want the podcast yeah, to maybe, exist. Maybe. maybe. Maybe we'll come back and review the other stuff as an offshoot of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Because, as we like to say, even though Hollywood doesn't like to believe it, it's all connected. Awesome. Great housekeeping. Let's jump straight into this episode's review. Our review of Season 7, the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming, focusing on Episode 8, After, Before. Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixcraft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center. A tasty front-end retread. This is extraordinary because it's almost a fork in the road where 
in the last episode, you follow the fork that goes off to the right. Mm -hmm. And inside of this one, it is what you would have seen had you been standing aboard the Zephlorian as the Zephlorian jumps that you only see from the outside from Deacon Max's perspective inside of last episode. So I love this, uh, th that, that leeching of perspective and then instantly delivering you what happened while the other half of the team went someplace. Mm. Super comic booky. I love that. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's straight out of it's great comic book storytelling because uh, technically in a comic book, you could do that. You could divide the team up even Into more four parts, right? To yeah, where yeah. you know one I, I issue think is. X-Men has done that. Oh, oh yeah. There was almost an a decade long period when the X Men comic book wasn't even a team book. It right. was so for a couple of issues we're going to follow Wolverine and Jubilee, and then yeah. a couple of issues yeah. after that we're going to go to Muir Island, and we're going to follow Forge and Polaris. Yeah, and 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 Chris Claremont kept that up for like I said, almost a decade before bringing all of the characters back yeah. in the uh, in the early 90s to actually have a team of X-Men. And this this is one of those those great storytelling options to where in the previous episode, you know, we see, we, we get, oh, no, something's happening, we're going to disappear, we're, we're jumping, and they're gone. And then we get that, that nice little moment where we're, we're watching Yo-Yo and May leave and, you know, getting encouraging words from Simmons and I'm like what oh, oh, okay Th this is interesting but where have they been and how did they travel back and the thing is is that our questions are answered in this episode they didn't travel back it's they're skipping it's a skipping stone thing but of course you know we don't know that yet I, I have to admit something when this episode started I thought I was watching the wrong episode because I'm like I've seen this before yeah this is how the other episode started but then, of course, you know, Deke leaves, and then we follow the other characters, and I'm like, oh, oh okay, yeah, okay. You know I'm, what's I'm funny fine. though? That might be, ha, that might be the overt nod that we have not seen really to Back to the Future, because that is the overt ha ha nod inside of Back to the Future, where mm. in Back to the Future Two, you're right. not entirely sure that you have the wrong DVD and you hit the fast forward <laughs> button. So maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe maybe that's the 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 one piece of kitsch time travel that's inside this episode. Because the rest of it's, it, with the exception of going back to previous iterations and seasons of what happened inside of Agents of Shield, that's the only time thing that happens. There isn't a oh here comes the nineteen eighty three zingers. Right. There yeah. isn't any of that inside this episode at all. Well, I think they gave us enough nineteen eighties in the previous episode yeah. to where we didn't really need it this yeah, time around. I, I agree with that, and I. I've, I've got more commentary on that, but we'll get to it soon. How would you find lost team members in the past slash future? All right, Nick, so begin. I'm just going to stick my head out of the ship and go, hey, hey, you guys. <laughs> Can you hear me? No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's like, where do you even where do you even start? Honestly. I have no idea. I have no idea. And that's why I like that this episode just screams into them having a plan that's not really detailed at all mm -hmm. it, it's 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 yo-yo and may flying around period paragraph well even before then you know <laughs> when when yo-yo comes back in is like it, i i looked around and they're not of course they're not there you've been gone for over a year why would they stay in the exact same spot of course they wouldn't be able to do that do you, you might think that like um just like ironically will smith does inside of i am legend 
he would go back to the same spot daily to uh, that's the only way I can think of it that it would have to work backwards mm, where yeah. Mac and Deke would have to establish something that's regular based on what they know i.e. when where was the Zephlorian last right and then they'd have to meet back there at a specific time every day for the rest of their lives. But in that, dialogue... That, that, hold on, that, that kind of gets back to what I was talking about last episode with Lou Gossett Jr., where as time passes, eventually what you would see is the same place, the flowers have grown differently, there's now maybe children that were playing there previously that are now bringing their kids in, and, and as the pan, camera pans left, here is Lou Gossett Jr. slash old Mac waiting for the Zephlorian to appear, and then one day, flop, there it is. Right, but Mac and Deke wouldn't think that because, and it's even said in dialogue, up to this point, the Zephlorian never appeared in the same spot. Mm. It was always where Fitz was sending it from, right. you know, locations unknown. Right. This time, because the time drive was, was on the Fritz, it was appearing in the same spot over and over and over again every time it jumped. But Mac and Deke didn't know that, so in their minds it's, well, whenever they show back up, that's when they'll find us. There's no way for us to look for them. I can I can understand why neither one of them had any kind of plan to alert their the com- their comrades when they would show back up because it's a cra- they had no idea where they were being sent to next. I agree with you. Let's just let's go buy an A team van model and build it. Then. There you go. The jumps, the time skipping, and then I, quote, have no idea. Again, I love this. I love that there's just enough explanation so that you have a concept of what's going on, and then the rest of it, mm, I don't know. And I'm, I'm there. I, well, I can I mean, absolutely really ride the wave. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the storytelling inside the episode provides you with the, the meat that you need. Uh, We're going to talk about pacing inside of this episode a little bit that's coming up here in just a couple of bullet points. Uh, But I I love just about anything that will give me enough mechanics that doesn't beat me over the head with and tab A slips into slot B and then twist counterclockwise 30 centimeters and whatever else. I don't need all of that. Uh, having, Having that glossed over so that you understand the concepts that are going on and then watch. That's how a lot of things like this should work. Right. Yeah. You don't have to get you. Ha- you don't have to get too technical. I mean, technically speaking, uh, Star Trek didn't have to get too technical, and that's why I totally think agree. a lot of people got lost in certain yeah. episodes and or battle. shows. Yeah. It's because they were trying to seem as smart as the future was, yeah. and yeah. It, you it, don't it, have to do that in 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 storytelling. You don't. Right. It, it was the peril of Jordy LaForge, where okay, we're. 29 minutes in, it's time for us to have a camera shot down in engineering with the warp engine behind Jordy, and he tells us about this week's technobabble that doesn't really make much sense, but it's okay because in minute 41 of 43, everything's going to be just fine. All right, yeah. Well, so, because episodic television. Yes, I totally agree. This with here, that. They, they lay out the problem. It's like, okay, so when we got hit by the rocket, we took more damage than we thought we did, so now the drive is malfunctioning, mm-hmm. and we're jumping randomly. Mm-hmm. Then it turns out, oh, it's not randomly. We're doing it in intervals, but they're getting shorter and shorter to the point to where we will jump out of existence. So there's your peril. You also have a ticking clock. So not only do you have to try to find your missing teammates, you have to try to fix the issue. And then fix the person that is going to help us fix the issue, 
which is the main thrust of the episode inside this episode. Right. A new title card. All right, well, here's another one. This time it's hearkening over to the Tempest video game of the early 1980s. Mm-hmm. Very bright, very colorful. Tons of fun, super colorful, and super quick. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's here and gone. It. Yeah. In fact, uh, j- just to give you a little bit of behind the scenes, Nick and I just used the time to go and scrub through the episode to look at it because I have to be honest, I missed it. He missed I, it. I was taking notes, and he I missed completely it, missed and it. I saw it. So, and Nick is great. And I Have had I to prove that, that there was one. So we actually watched the beginning of the episode again. And commercials. <laughs> anyway, it was ter- it was terrific, and it, it's a it's a piece of the puzzle, and it's totally appreciated again when they're taking time to bother with things like that. I totally love it all. Half measures from half of L.M. Colson. <laughs> this is great. I I have to tell you though, I did not anticipate seeing Colson again. I I thought perhaps we'd blown up L.M. Colson and it was done, and that we have. You half didn't of, really think that they were going to keep him in that that TV more than an episode. I I would have been just fine with it, as no. long as he's not stuttering. I'm, I'm no, fine. No, because then right there, you yes, you've got him from the shoulders up. But you lose the gravitas of Clark Gregg as an actor. <laughs> His whole five foot four gravitas. He's taller than that. Is he? Five nine. nine. I want Coulson, even if it is Ellen Coulson, to come back. Uh, but I have to tell you, if he hadn't, I'm, I was kind of okay with because he uh, died again, a hero. But so. see, that's the point. He always comes back. Mm. That's that's going to be the running gag throughout this this last season. And I, I, I'm not calling it a gag because it's not I be find like it a kill funny. Kenny thing, though, right? Well, no, it's not. Look, kill- it's time for it's time for Ellen Coulson to die in this episode because that was ridiculous, and they they knew it was ridiculous. But then after they brought him back, they stopped killing Kenny. Okay, that joke's over. We we've we have beaten that horse to death. Literally. I don't know anything about measuring how you need to stop jokes that are being beat to death. Well, I don't think most people <laughs> in Hollywood do either. But these shows True. keep on. The, the Simpsons is still on. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. and now that the mouse owns it, will continue to stay on for at least another Ever. 20 years. <laughs> another 700 episodes. I'm glad Colson's back. Colson has to be back. Mm-hmm. He can die at the end of the show. <laughs> and I've got a couple he, of you things. You've got five more episodes yet. There's a couple of things that, I, that I've noticed, and, and we'll talk about them later on in the review, but... I, I enjoy the fact that the way that they show that, yeah, he's back and everything's fine, is they've got him hooked up to this awesome future alien 3D printer. Yeah. And then he sits up and he's still being printed. I've, I dug all that. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was great. Visiting Jaiing. This was fun. Uh, not only that, but I it may just be that I wasn't focusing on her, but. Jai Ying in this is stunning. Not, not only is she stunning, but there's a there's a handful of times where you can see why she was cast mm-hmm. to play Daisy's mother. I totally agree with because that. Because there were times where I was like, but she looks just like Daisy. Yeah. 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 This is also this is also another example of I believe we talked about it in the first episode of this season, where the only thing that I read up on before this season started was 
this last season, according to the creators, is a love letter to the fans. Mm -hmm. And they have not disappointed. No. And yet Mm -hmm. again, here we are. We are revisiting the past of the show in ways that you never would have imagined that we would. Mm Mm-hmm. And to that, that are impactful too. The, right, right. That, that, that actually makes that, sense. Yeah, it, it's, it's not, not just it's not just because. Oh, so uh, what haven't we done yet? Oh, let's do that. Right, and hey, let's erect a green screen quick, and we can get a shot of that with one of the cast members that can come back. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. You're right, right. We don't have that here, and, and I'm so appreciative of that. It's it's juicy. It it allows you to put your teeth into the storytelling, and see other elements that you weren't able to see when we previously saw these people. Right. I love that. Yeah, I think it's great. And to see them at an earlier time than what we were hmm. introduced. Yeah. Because let's not forget, Jaing was of the bad guy. Right. Of season two. Let's bamf. Time to experience Gordon again from season two, dude. A young Gordon, though. And I, I love it. The The effects quality is so above par here. I don't have the words. None of it looks stupid. None of it looks like they went on to green screen and said, okay, let's shoot this quick. None right, of it. Right. It's all incredibly solid. And it's used several times inside this episode. And it's great to revisit it because mm-hmm. I remember how much I liked it then. Oh, yeah. And Gordon it, was a very interesting character back mm-hmm. in season two. Yeah. It's super interesting to not only to watch him bamf, but also just to look at the whole I've got no eyes thing, but I see everything. Mm. I, I totally dig that. <laughs> Vetting intruders. All right. So we're inside of Afterlife. And now it's time to vet the intruders that have been found. This was cool, too, because he, Gordon was the fun part of this. As Lee is trying to go and grab Cora inside of this, <laughs> he's not even looking at him. But Gordon says, hey, who are they? All right. What are we going to do about those people? <laughs> yeah. And I thought that that was great. Again, it's another piece to give the instant perspective of the skill sets he has in a matter of seconds. And to get reintroduced to Gordon, which was tremendous inside of this episode. I loved it all. Yeah, yeah. As the scene progresses across a couple of commercial breaks, what we also find is that vetting intruders also means trying to understand why they're actually there, which I like a lot. They realize that they're not just a couple of lost souls that have come to look for salvation inside of afterlife. There's something else going on. And I appreciate that they weren't just... They were stupid and welcomed them in with open arms and, oh, let us help you. Well, right. Because if I remember Afterlife, the way that it was presented in season two, you didn't find it. It found you. Right. You were brought to Afterlife. You didn't just you, 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 stroll in. Right. It, it, it essentially beckoned to you. Yeah. And I, I again, I appreciate that there is some sort of vetting process and not everyone is just welcome in like... Uh, like pseudo Mr. Miyagi. I, I really appreciate that. May needs more poker face training. I think it may it may just be me, but there was a a piece of annoyance with this and that I, I realize that she wears her feelings, which there are very few, on her sleeve as well as her opinions on her sleeve. But you'd think that being a covert a, spe- a specialist in being covert, a covert agent, she would realize the 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 benefits of putting on a bit of a poker face, in particular inside of a place like Afterlife. Mm-hmm. And she didn't do much of that at all. 
just very stark, very in people's faces. That the uh, the constant push and pull with Lee was a, a really great sample. Although I did love the the little stabby stabby knife battle that they have. I thought that was a lot of fun to watch. Well, I think it really just boils down to the fact that she still doesn't have complete control over her mm-hmm. abilities. Yeah. You know, if this was just if 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 she was May, regular May without powers, yeah, she'd be stone faced, like she always is. Mm-hmm. But she's still not used to having these abilities, so she's not used to being able to keep her her face as neutral as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very well said. And it, as you look back, especially as this episode progresses, it pays in spades. Helping Helena feel her way to being cured inside this scene this is very interesting this is kind of the woo scene where we're going to do some pseudo yoga slash concentration slash mental masseuse work and that while we're you know taking blood samples and running them through our high-tech inhuman machine chemistry sets that we've got (laughs) in the back then we don't see that you won't know and you don't have to see no you don't you know, just know that we've got we've got tests there that are we things can run. that we can do that you won't know anything about. We'll just tell you the results for. Okay. And anyway, <laughs> and all that stuff doesn't work because it's not physical. Correct. Which I was so taken by surprise by that. Yes, I was like, I totally agree with that. I was like, wow, we are just piling on the mental anguish of being an agent of Shield because there has been a lot of mental barrages on all of these characters right and maybe on all the characters sure okay fine but yo-yo yo-yo has had so much in the way of mental stress Mm -hmm. and piling on over the course of the last season and a half that as especially now after we've seen the episode and we're now talking about it point by point inside of the episode review it makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. and so that it was quote all in her head and that there needs to be some sort of reckoning, whether it's her own personal reckoning, which is where it's gliding towards, or something that May can help her with with her newfound empathic powers. We'll find out. I, initially, I hated this. The whole camera woo scene, I'm like, where the hell is this going? And then it went to someplace wonderful. The woo won't work. Let's fight and reflect. This is great. I really appreciated this because this is the melding. This is that that wonderful cauldron of what May would do with these newfound powers that plays directly into her own skill sets to find a solution for what the hell is going on here. Right. And so I loved this this augment to that whole scene. I thought it was really, really valuable. In the grand scheme of things, yes, this all works, and it works well. But... There is, there's a small part of me that felt we're throwing these two characters together because later on we're going to find out that one character can help the other character. What would have happened if it was, since it's Yo-Yo, what if Mac would have gone? Are we, are we going to still reach the same conclusion? Are we still going to be able to get out of Afterlife alive if May's not there and it's Mac? Probably not. Right, and it's these, these questions that I think of, it's like, I get, you know, things lining up, but this was this was almost like this had to happen this way mm-hmm. or else we don't get the payoff of Yo-Yo 
figuring her shit out by the end of the episode. Yeah. So so again, it's not it's not really me harping on the episode. It's just one of those things that in storytelling, oh. it's it's convenient that the one person that has yeah. abilities yeah. that that can sense your feelings went on this mission with you. Yeah. Now I'm I'm going to pile on a little bit with you there. I'm going to pile on way further towards the end of the episode in that regard though. The, the bottom line, though, is that they took this what I thought was going to be terribly woo moment mm-hmm. where it's candles and, and pan flute and all kinds of crap that I don't want to watch, especially in the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. I don't need and, to see an epi- a rerun of Kung Fu. <laughs> right. I, I don't need May to be the, the one that takes the grasshopper to the promised land and finds her skill set. I don't need that. And I'm glad that we were not given that in the traditional BS way that you'd see with the woo. Susa gets a leg up. I've been waiting for this. I'm kind of surprised too. I, I guess it was just a matter of timing where there's there's time to get away from afterlife. There are a couple of other things being juggled inside the episode. We need to give Susa some time to talk to whomever is going to be in the same frame. And it just so happens to be Gemma who, by the way, hey, check out this very interestingly shaped box I've got. Shipping. Yeah. Which I dig. And that's a nice balancing act for this yeah. episode. We get a little bit of yeah, time yeah. with every with single character. Yeah, I, I, It was y- juggled very well. Yes. It all boils down to the fact that no more limping for Sousa because now he's got a bionic freaking leg. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that we've got to look at, too, and we're going to, again, we're going to talk, talk about this as we get towards the end of the episode. Everybody got something. There's no question mm-hmm. inside the episode. What they were given, we'll get to that soon. Reliving Yo-Yo's pain. Well, we knew something like this was probably waiting. I think I've met enough people where they go, oh my God, Mike, you're you're so incredibly creative. You must have all kinds of pain in your childhood. <laughs> oh, really? Well, thanks for thanks for grabbing the psychological shovel and someone you've never met. Well, That's great. and again, I think that that comes from. <laughs> I don't want to say. Well, it does. It it really does. It comes from ignorance because. If all you do is absorb information through television or movies or, or things like that, <laughs> yeah. you are told that creative people are creative because of pain. That's not always the case. I, I totally agree with that. And, and everybody totally has pain, so there's. It's not like I'm. I'm a creative person, Mike. I wasn't molested as a child by a priest or or beaten by. Oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right. having a flat. I, I knew it was coming back. Right. See, anyway, and, and the, that's the, the thing. Right, the, the, here, here, here's the bottom line is that I, I am appreciative that we're finding out more deep information about yo-yo. Period. Paragraph. I, it, this kind of feels that in the, the layup of storytelling here where we've got to go dig into our psyche and psychological profile. And so what we're going to do, we're going back to daddy. Mm, I, I I get it. It's powerful. It, it it's inserted. It it just with all of the delicious nature of the Shrike infection, with all of the horrors that she suffered over the course of the last, let's just let's call it two seasons, with everything that she's faced inside of this season, I I, I guess I wanted something different, and I can't. I unlike. Previous episodes and seasons, I don't have an option. I can't tell you, oh, well, this is what they should have done, and it's brilliant. I don't have an option, at least at this point, to do, to give. But I would have liked to have seen something different than we saw Daddy murdered, and I've been surprised. It wasn't even her daddy. Her uncle. It's her uncle. 
But the- I, I saw my uncle murdered, and hence I've buried this psychological speed bump that allows me to not go fast. Well, it's not that yeah. I saw my uncle murdered. I'm the reason my uncle was murdered. Okay. So, uh, and, and that I, right there, that's that's a lot bigger. It is. It, than but, just, I saw somebody get killed. Right. As the episode continues and she delves deeper, she realizes that it's guilt. And it's not just guilt about that particular moment. I mean, sure, that's a factor, but it's the guilt of a lot of other things. And it's all that she's put on herself. That's why she's the one that is causing this mental hiccup yeah. where her powers, powers are concerned. Right. Right, right. And, and me personally, I didn't have a problem with it. I wasn't looking for anything deeper. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised that they gave us something as deep because we also have to remember she grew up in a, a, a very violent country. Sure. Where if you did not have the means, you were usually on the street and trying to get to a better place. Like here in America. Uh, and and everything that she had gone through as a child and then a young adult leading up to when we met her mm-hmm. in the show before she became an inhuman, I find it so refreshing that we can, even at this late hour, show more character development on a character that you really didn't have to worry about developing anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't have to worry about developing any of these characters except for maybe Sousa. Because, sure, we knew him from Agent Carter, but if the the rare folk who didn't watch Agent Carter and then is introduced to him only through this season, you need to develop the character a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm very appreciative of both writing and the acting that we can do something that expands on the character even though we know there's a ticking clock and these characters are going to be gone soon. You really don't have to worry about character development. You should focus on the action and the storytelling. No. That's what makes this show different. Because here, even in this late date in the game, we're going to continue to develop these characters right up to the last damn moment. Talking Tech. A 1911 comes apart piece by piece. Wow. Not only is this a, an introduction to a nemesis that we knew wasn't gone, but I have to tell you, I didn't anticipate Nathaniel coming back in this fashion at all. And that we do have him come back and that he's polished his powers. This particularly is a very interesting turn of events inside the episode, as well as just what is the talking tech part of this? The gun coming apart piece by piece inside of this scene. I thought that that was extraordinary. What I also loved was that they were not afraid or ashamed at all to show that Cora had had enough and could not take anymore and was going to end her own life with a, with a firearm. Mm-hmm. That they bothered to do that, I thought, required huge balls. Because not only is it a dude or a, 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 someone in the military who handles weapons all the time, it's this reasonably young girl that just realizes she's at the end of a rope and doesn't have an option. And that they... they masterfully large balls here storytelling wise and so add on the uh, the talking tech moment along with the storytelling that's done here and then the introduct reintroduction of nathaniel here i thought that that was just delicious a lot of things wrapped up in your talking tech moment i mean me personally i don't think it's very technologically skilled taking a gun apart uh with shaky powers uh, unless that's explained somehow uh, later in in a future episode, that Nathaniel has developed 
the quake abilities in a totally different way mm -hmm. because I would have I would have bought it if the gun shook and crumbled not shook apart and and came apart like somebody was disassembling it mm -hmm. it looked more like telekinesis than what we've seen Daisy do mm -hmm. now of course if in the next episode or the episode after that we get an explanation of how yes after my bones healed and I went through I went physical therapy. I found I've got, someone that had telepathy or a kinetic well, kinetic ability. Well, I mean, in this, you, you're hell. I thought Magneto was about to show up. When I that did happened. too. I did too. Not Nathaniel. I'm like, how is how does he have these powers? Now, here's the thing: if Nathaniel is collecting powers into himself and has multiple, big problem, bi huge problem, because that right there, you're ripping off heroes, right? Because that was. Uh, Siler's yeah, whole yeah. thing. Okay, so I'm hoping that he's he's just found a way to develop the shake, rattle, and roll abilities to where they're more fine-tuned. Uh, I don't know if they could actually tell me anything that makes me going to buy the fact that he could shake the gun apart to where it looked like somebody professionally took it apart. But, again... Yeah. I, I, think I think we're going to be soured a bit because... The scene where he's in front of all the other people that have been captured inside of Afterlife. And he's talking about taking stuff. Uh, it sounds like he's, he's looking he's walking through a field of very specially specialized cows. Yeah. And all he needs now is a stool and some gloves. And uh, it's done. I think it has something more to do with him giving the powers to other people mm. that aren't inhuman, mm. that that didn't have the ability to be human. And if they if that is the case, then we're treading yet again into X-Men territory because in the 2000s, a character was introduced called John Sublime, who was all about, oh, we love mutants. We love mutants so much that we take them, we rip their powers out, and we graft them onto human beings because humans want abilities too. So no matter which way you go, it seems like they're borrowing from... X-Men again, which, mm -hmm. again, don't have a problem with, because if you go back in the, with all of this inhuman stuff, I, I remember saying, wow, I really wish this was mutants instead of inhumans, mm -hmm. because it would have worked a hell of a lot better yeah. for mutants than inhumans. Well, isn't it strange, though, also that the, the way that the timeline is fitting with this, that seriously, wouldn't this be interesting that this timeline in skew... Is the way that mutants now that are the, introduced yeah, that the licenses are all in place, that the deal's been done, that enough time has passed. Wouldn't that, that be enough interesting? people have died that this could all happen? Wouldn't it be very interesting? Wouldn't it be interesting? Yeah. yeah. That's where we ask you guys, what's your talking tech moment? Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at agentsofshieldpodcast.tv. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you were struck by inside. And I mean, there were a whole there were a whole bunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, My vote goes for the super duper alien 3D printer. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> tremendous. I mean, it was essentially the healing bed on steroids mm -hmm. because we're taking him from what was a nothing. Uh, thank you. Anyway, let us know what you think. Agentsofshield.tv. The pace of the episode as the commune slash afterlife is overrun. Very interesting choice of pacing here. Because the takeover, one, there's no additional music. There's no, there's like there's no takeover music at all. It's just bad dude appears with, with a bunch of other with bad energy dudes. weapon. Yeah, 
And I, I thought that that was a very interesting choice for this period, but that's exactly how it would work. Everything's fine. We're all feeling woo here in afterlife. Oh, shit. That's exactly how it would go. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I didn't like it when I first saw it, but after having run through the chemistry set of what happens inside of all of our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes, it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because that's how it would work. Everything would be going just fine until it's not. And that's we're, we're right on the front door of all of it falling apart inside this episode right there. The conversion of Korra. Talk about character development. Korra, at the beginning of this episode, is just a screaming Mimi that we don't really have any concept of. You feel like she's she wants to escape because she doesn't want to live in a tranquil place. She wants to have a life. Yeah, that's how you're you're introduced to her. But then the mystery deepens as the episode progresses, and you find out, oh, she's a living weapon. Yeah, that can't control herself. Right. Which does lead to her committing suicide because she has been taught that you are dangerous. Right. And Mm. she doesn't want to be trapped anymore. She thinks that the only way out is through death. And Nathaniel comes along and uh, some David Koresh mumbo jumbo speak to her and just turns all of that pain and flips the switch to anger, which is is very easy if you know exactly what to say to somebody right. who it's, has that much pain right. and it, anger. Of, of the things that you and I talk about regularly, i.e. Star Wars, i.e. X-Men, i.e. mutant dumb, mm-hmm. all of that, the flipping of the switch from whatever your emotion is, it can be whatever it was, whether it's sadness or guilt or no way, no options, whatever, mm-hmm. the, whatever the emotions are, into anger is what all of that is all built on. Anakin, for God's sake. Right. Is the dark side stronger? No. Yeah. yeah. Easier. More seductive. Yeah. Yeah. Every single mutant that's ever been made, in particular on movie screens, what's always been the flipping of the coin? Somewhere there is anger Mm -hmm. that is either suppressed or able to be suppressed so you can then do something good with it. Right. I.e. what Professor X encourages people to understand, do, and utilize their powers for. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of that, the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood is based on doing exactly what Nathaniel is proposing here. Mm-hmm. And again, it kind of goes back to that, you know, what if, what if this was the way that they bring in mutant dumb, but they are not bringing in, bringing in mutant dumb because all the licenses are now in place. I, I love that. I love that concept. And I love what they did with Cora here because again, from screaming Mimi to realizing that she has power, power beyond what most people inside of afterlife have, that has been self-acknowledged by the person that leads the place. Who happens to be her mother. Right. Mind Mind blown. blown. You had no idea Daisy had a sister. Right. She, She has a series of scenes inside of this episode that are wonderful. And another total testament to taking a nothing burger character to something incredibly tasty and, and rich and layer filled. Exactly. In a matter of minutes. And it's exactly what has happened with Nathaniel yes. as well. I Just totally agree a, with that, too. A literal nothing burger when we're introduced to him mm-hmm. is like, oh, there's the kid that's going to die because we know because that we there's know only one Malik's son yeah. later in the future. Yeah. Oh, shit. We changed the timeline. And he's a bigger psychopath than his father <laughs> or his brother. Yeah. Yeah. And we, the other thing is, like, I think you and I had kind of written him off when he goes, my bones. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, we're done with this. That was fun. Thanks for playing. 
oh shit, he's he's, he's actually the bad guy yeah. of this season because very now he's teamed up with frickin' Sybil. Yeah, very very interesting. And uh, again, they've they've made a tapestry out of nothing. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's delicious. How did Gordon know where the Quinjet was? I guess because he sees all. I think it had, and I, again, I would have to go back and rewatch slash listen to the episodes from season two. I think. Oh, that, let's go back and do that quick. I think his abilities had some sort of a psychic link to a place mm. or the people that he was with. Ah. Uh, now, of course, so we one may of them be wrong. Be thinking, Take us back to the Quinjet. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's okay. like okay, I know where we can go. Grab on, poof. Uh, of course, if somebody actually knows how Gordon's powers really do work. You know, reach out to us on Facebook. We love hearing from our fans mm -hmm. uh, on social media. Oh, yeah. But but essentially, I think it's as simple as that. Because usually when you lose a, a major part of yourself, and this goes for Inhumans and Mutants, and I guess lawyers as well, who have no fear. <laughs> when you lose one of your senses, you get all this extra cool crap. You get to teleport places, and you get to have a psychic link with people mm -hmm. that you touch so that you can go places because you can't see. Because reasons. Right, because the script said so. Yeah. Ying gets a digital lifeline. A very interesting move where May hands over one of the super cool not Samsung gear watches to Jaying. And so now she's tethered to the entire operation of what might and could happen throughout the rest of the season as they continue to time travel. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, at this point in time, uh, the timeline is screwed. <laughs> I mean, just, just plain it's scrambled screwed. scrambled eggs, man. It's, there is no, all the king's horses and all the king's men are not going to be able to clean this mess up. <laughs> They're out having coffee and That's crumpets. That's right. It's like, oh, screw it. We're not done. Not interested. Not interested. Anyway, I thought that this was great. Uh, even if they never readdress it, it, it's one of those things that could be inside of the timeline of this particular skew, and it doesn't really matter, but it's so cool that it's there. Well, you think Nathaniel is building himself a little army with Sybil, and Sybil's pulling the strings. Sybil wants S.H.I.E.L.D. destroyed. So what's the best way of doing that? Take away everything that made the these agents a shield. So Mac's parents gone. Mac may not grow up the same way that he did before. Now we've destroyed afterlife. So we have no idea whether or not Jaying will meet up with Mr. Hyde and have Daisy. Daisy right. So I mean they're all brilliant strokes to taking these characters out. But again, they exist outside of time. So even if she erases them from this new timeline that they're in, it doesn't seem to have erased our characters. Right. So they're building a little bit of an army themselves. We've got Susa, who now has the bionic leg. And now we've got a couple more Inhumans. Who knows what other characters we might run into before we have our big blowout for the end of this season? The abandoned ship order is given. Wow. This is tremendous. Again, it's that the pushing to peril because it's there and it's real. And you don't know if what is going to happen. Are we going to just fade to 
the kind of the blue pushy fade to white and then roll credits or well, are we going to snap back to what is this 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 episode stinger just just to just to tease us even more into next week or you don't know and i love that at this I, I point love the time, roller coaster at this point in time when when the commercial came i was expecting the shield logo to pop up because yes, i was like oh I totally agree. oh this is this is, oh oh it's not oh okay we still got more show cool yeah yeah, yeah. it's one of those moments I, and and they they happen they usually happen if if you've got a great adventure show this scene right here with mac ordering abandoned ship reminded me of the feeling that i had watching i want to say it was the best of both worlds locutus of borg mm-hmm. resistance is futile number 1 camera slowly pulls in on riker mr wharf fire Fade to black, and I'm CN, like seeing four and a half months. Holy bitches. crap! And it's this, yeah. it's that kind of feeling. Yeah. You're like, I agree. You're, I totally they're, agree. They're gonna they're gonna to- they're gonna be stuck in the 80s. Yeah. Oh my god! How are we gonna fix this? Yeah. Luckily, after the commercial break, there was still more, more show. Yeah. And we didn't have to wait very long. Yeah. I I thought that this was another stroke of pacing where it it's it's playing with just enough time that's left, mm. and every emotion that's been given you towards. Not even just inside this episode, but every episode prior to have you dangle on the edge of what's going to happen. Yeah. I, and I thought it was brilliant move. Totally brilliant move. May sticks the landing, but it all falls down until it doesn't. Another masterstroke in regard to pace where it could have all just again, even after they come back from break, it could have been May lands. Everything works. May and Yo-Yo are running down the 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 pathway, the hatchness, whatever, to go and meet the rest of the team. They all gather. They all look in a circle. They look and they look up and fade to white, and it's done. It could have been that simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's not that simple? It's not that simple at all. In fact, there's even more to add to the episode that we thought was done a minute and a half ago. Right. So again, total kudos to the writers on this. And the fact that we get a solution to Yo-Yo's problem, and even though it's extremely late in the game, escalation of power. I mean, I guess we really can't call her Yo-Yo anymore, because she doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, she's she, just a speedster. She's, she's, a, she's a speedster. She's the Marvel speedster now, yeah. That's very interesting. Um... Excuse me, is that the minute 38 fix? All right. So I'm happy that Yo-Yo, Yo, I guess we'll just call her, <laughs> that, that, that Yo has figured it out and, and is able to power and go and fix the... fix the. She pulled the doohickey out of the drive out of the, what, and, what and, it, and it all worked fine. Okay, that's awesome. I just didn't like that it was the last thing. It, it felt very much like the episodes of Next Generation I don't like. Yes. Okay. I, I can I can understand they that. They had to finish the episode because they ran out of time. And uh, I hate that. No. I, I'll disagree with you there because it wasn't like it, it didn't happen at a minute and a half left of the episode. There was still a good five minutes left of the episode because if I'm looking at the show notes correctly, we still have three more talking points. So it can't be the very end of the episode. <laughs> it's Right, but it's not... 
but again, it also three, makes three doesn't up. mean oh well there's 11 minutes left in the episode there's not it's it's done super last minute and that's why it felt like and why i made the note it's it felt it's last second almost last minute lm colson powers down all right so he's back with the suit mm-hmm. in a corner chilling having a nap needs to recharge i look forward to seeing him next episode because he's back you should he's He's back he well he's he's back but i don't think he's back the way you think he is we're not going to get like evil lm colson or something oh did you see a goatee on him mike (laughs) no but i think i saw a sash and a dagger (laughs) the drive erupts again all right so here we go yep Propelling into the next episode without the end of the episode happening, and I thought it was great. That, that's awesome. That super fix that uh, that you really hated, turns out, wasn't a fix at all. It just delayed it. As We're Enoch not. said, as Enoch said eloquently, it didn't work. <laughs> right, right. Now, I don't know the science behind that. Because I mean, why? I know the science. You want, you want to know r- the Really, technobabble me, because I, I assume okay. that when you pull the power out of the device... <laughs> The device it's has no power anymore. <laughs> right, no. I mean, oh, when I pull, man. When I pull man. the batteries out of my Xbox One remote control, <laughs> that does not work anymore. When was the last talking tech moment for your Xbox One controller? Oh, thank you very much. All right, anyway, the, the, uh, the, the, the gist is this on what we're seeing here is the, the techno babble goes something like this. Reasons. The script said so. Time to shake things up and deliver anarchy. Wow. This reminds me a lot of when the Image Comics label began. Mm-hmm. Because there are all kinds of groups like this that were led by ne'er-do-wells that usually had been wronged by somebody or had some sort of innate lick of vengeance that they right. had to perpetuate. We're tired of following rules. Let's watch the world burn. Correct. And initiate anarchy. Yeah. And... So, I, I mean, I love this. I, I love this. If this was another show that they eventually wanted to start kicking off, that would be the essentially the evil brotherhood of mutants, except that Nathaniel is leading it, and there really isn't a, 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 a blueprint made for it because he's never existed before. Right, yeah. I'd be reading it. I'd read it. I'd watch it. I'd do whatever because this is very interesting to me. I'm also curious, with all of the hardware he's got, it, does that come from Daddy's... War chest? And, and brother's connection with Hydra? Is he using Hydra stuff, or has he become a force unto himself? I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna on the for the weapons. I'm gonna lay on. It's whatever they've developed over a period of time, and he just has some. Hmm. Uh, the I I kind of look at it this way: whatever sway he's got, it's clear that he doesn't want to follow rules of anybody, and so he's gonna go and grab and scrounge and scavenge or whatever he can yeah. for his cause. And see, I think what I like most about Nathaniel as a character is that we don't know any of anything of what I just said, mm-hmm. but we sure can assume it, and it makes a lot of sense. Right, right. And that's when you know you've built a character that's endearing because you can start attributing traits to them that you've never seen on screen but make total sense. Uh, again, that's why I think Nathaniel might be a show stealer as we get towards the end of the season because we've never had anything that looks and acts quite like that that's steeped in so much evil tradition yeah. that we're used to a completely different story pushing and narrating. 
Well, we don't have any of that anymore. It's all completely off the book. Yeah, I think the closest thing we've come to evil like this, and again, we've barely been around Nathaniel, but I'm hearkening back to Hive. Hive. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. And, uh, man, I love me some Hive story. Yeah. Uh, I've, if you had to go back to a, po- a point in any season and have them deliver some more skewed storytelling, I would go back to Hive all day long for another series of seasons. Yeah. I thought that that was brilliant. And uh, Brett, what's his face? Brett Dalton. Dalton. Just a, a, a wonderfully gifted actor given the plate of spaghetti to not only eat and devour himself but to give to people watching him devour. It, 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 was, it was masterful. Let me blow your mind just a little bit here before we head to break. The fact that we're time traveling means we could possibly run into Ward mm. again. Mm. Wouldn't mm. that be tasty? Man, the concepts abound from that commentary. But it's time to take a break during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Our focus this time on Season 7, the final season, Episode 8, After Before. We'll be right back after these messages. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact. Thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with The Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. This time, Season 7, the final season, Episode 8, After Before. Every time we come back from break, Nick and I open up our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. 
Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier is where Nick and I find either an actress portrayal, a storytelling element inside the episode, or something else that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what do you got? For my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier for this episode, I want to focus on... L.M. Coulson. Not quite right. There were a handful of scenes that revolved around L.M. Coulson that, when you add them all up, kind of makes me feel a little... I don't want to say uneasy, because I don't think he's going to go evil. Good morning, Dave. Right, right. <laughs> but Good morning, Deke. I think we're going to deal with probably something that harkens back to our Ada season. Mm. What does it mean to mm. be an artificial intelligence? Yeah. Because you're not human, even though you know things about being human. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, he talks about how when he was trapped in the television, he was thirsty for two years, mm. but couldn't, did, but didn't have a mouth to drink. Right. But the question is, is that he's a robot, a very sophisticated robot, but he does not require food or drink to survive. Right. So it's those memories of being human. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, Daisy even said, wow, I mean, that must have dro drove you crazy. And he kind of goes, yeah. Now that right there, that's a little upsetting. <laughs> Even more upsetting, though, is throughout the entire episode, after he gets his legs 3D printed on, he's always got a glass of water and he's always sipping. And when Gemma tells him you you need to you know recharge, so you're gonna have to power down for a little while, he's got this this kind of hmm sure because I'm not real anyway. Yeah. Can I at least I'm, have I'm, the button? Yeah, I'm just the toaster. <laughs> right. I mean, right. he talks about feeling happy, and yeah. I wonder how many ones and zeros are required to actually make me remember the feeling of happy. That whole Max Hedrum thing actually might be a deeper story point than we're, we were given it credit for yeah. in the previous episode. Yeah. Instead of it being just 80s niche, yeah. it might actually have done something psychologically maybe unrepairable to Coulson yeah. to where well, he may not be the same guy that we, and maybe he'll be fine after he has his nap. Yeah. Who knows? I, I, I think it all is going to boil down to this. I mean, be, because he was the Max Headroom head guy inside of the television, it's clear that all he needs is a Coke. Coca-Cola would fix this whole situation. Yes. We don't say the P word. Correct. No P word. No P, -p, 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 -p word. And that is my shield dossier i think that's a great one I, and incredibly deductive i i look forward to see what they're going to do because why would they not develop more even more colson slash lm colson as the season progresses after they bring him back again why not yeah. why not i think that's going to be great my shield dossier is super laser focused inside this one and it pertains to cora crying there's something to be said for any actor regardless of how many lines they get or how few lines they get, when they are given content and can instantly cry appropriately on camera. And the crying that she does is not the blubbering, oh, I remember my dead pet crying. Mm. This is the, I'm so angry with you. I don't have the words and I can't control my emotions. And it's not because I'm angry and I'm going to cry. It's because I have starburst powers coursing through my veins, mother. And it's totally showcased here. Yeah. It is brilliantly showcased here from that actress. 
And it's so, you know, it's, we've talked about it a couple of times inside this episode where pretty much a nothing burger character. They give her an endearing platform inside this episode. Yeah. She's Daisy's half sister because same mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of this other interesting stuff, her power set, we don't really understand it. We know that it's power-based because Lee gets spiked in the face and has no right eye or whatever. It reminded me of Havoc from Ooh. the X-Men comics. Very well said. Yet again. Very well said. And, I mean, if that's it, cool. I, the, the, the concept of Havoc is exactly the same thing, where he has untold power that must somehow be harnessed at first with the suit, mm-hmm. then with the mind power training that Professor X provides for him, along with the suit, along with whatever else, as the story propels and the character propels. And and I love all that. So why would I not love this? And I do. I I think that that scene with her where she just, she hardly can take the moment to use the words, but instantly emotes. I thought that that was just gorgeous inside this episode. That's where we ask you guys, what was your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier for this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's agentsofshield.tv. Fill in the quick web form and tell us what you think. Ah, the rating inside the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Scoring three free lives in Tempest because you're just that good. Way to keep it current, Mike. A one is on the bottom of the scale. Getting to 68% of the remanufactured LM Coulson and then running out of 3D printer resources. Everything starts as a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? Now, I understand you and I didn't see completely eye to eye in the previous episode. I gave the previous episode a nine. You gave the previous episode a ten. Yes. Well, I got to tell you, Mike, this one left out all of the 80s cheese that we appreciated in the previous episode. (laughs) Where's my crackers? That's right. There there were no need for crackers. None. Zero. For this episode. None. It was absolutely zero. Because we had had epic pacing. We had spot on storytelling. Mm Mm-hmm. There might have been a few head scratch hiccup moments, but they come so briefly and they're gone so fast that you really don't have time to think about them until after the episode and you're you're you're, you're planning on talking about them Agreed. in a podcast. Yes. So for me, even with all of the questionable things that that happened that we talked about throughout this, I I cannot give this episode anything lower than a ten. Wow. And when I started this episode, and in particular when I finished this episode watching it, the the quick fix, asterisk, (laughs) that Yo gives us inside the end of this episode, it it left something sour in me. I, I was ready to not like this episode. But once again, the magic of our elixir laden chemistry set that you and I place inside of this T-shaped desk every week to talk about this show has yielded me absolute verification that I'm right. I'm kidding. That's not, that's not what happened. It's provided me with absolute verification that there's always another perspective to look at, and I always appreciate that you are the one to bring it to the T-shaped table and help me understand the error of my many ways inside of episodes like this. And so I, too, give this episode... 
That's where we ask you, what did you give this episode? Season 7, the final season, episode 8, after, before. Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Fill in the quick web form. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. And Get to the know. web form. <laughs> and let us know what you think. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication, reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash Shield Podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of Shield news, the arrival of our newest reviews, and more. The Agents of Shield Podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End. This top secret two guys talking communication. This is our recording in detail for after, comma, before. Are you going to say it like that? I think so. Ugh. After. One of those people. After, before. You don't, you don't you say like exclamation do? points. You say it just like that. Exclamation points. After, before. <laughs> okay, all right. The abandoned ship order is given. Abandoned shop. Like Sorry. that? Sorry. <laughs> uh, done without my glasses on. Isn't that amazing? I see. Oh, okay. Because let's not forget, Jaing was uh, the bad guy. Right. Of season three? Yeah. Season three. Yeah. Four. Two. One of those seasons. I'm just going to throw out numbers. It's either two, three, or four. 17. It's been so long. Maybe we should go back and re-listen to our own podcast. <laughs> let's do that quick pause button. <laughs>